Welcome to Run This World. I'm your host, Nicole DeBoom. I'm a former pro athlete turned entrepreneur turned 51-year-old mom of a fifth grader. And no matter what stage and age I am, I always feel happier when I'm learning, growing, and connecting. And when I find amazing things that help me learn, grow, and connect, I naturally want to share. This is an episode in a special series about women, midlife, and menopause. My goal is to help women understand, learn, and handle the changes we experience as we age. We're obviously very different emotionally and physically at 51 than we were at 21 or 31 or 41. I just so happen to be in the perimenopausal stage of life. It's lovely. So uh, much of this series focuses on what happens before, during, and after the transition to menopause. And today, we have my favorite person in the world, and this might actually be true. I hope Tim and Wilder are not listening. You guessed it. Myrna Valerio the Mermaid. Woo! Uh, This is an obvious statement due to the fact that she's been on this podcast more times than any other guest by far, eight times, including today. That means, literally, if you want Myrna time, all you have to do is search up Myrna and run this world, and you will have many hours going back in time of happy, mind-expanding Myrnovation (laughs) um, by simply tuning in here. How cool is that? But here's what I want to do, because I really, I just want to talk about Myrna a lot before she gets on and talks, because I love her so much. So I'm going to take you back in time myself. So you can right here, just appreciate Myrna's evolution. And then I think better appreciate our conversation today, which centers on a topic that we haven't really discussed before publicly. All right. So you ready for this? It all started on the podcast, at least, in December of 2016. Episode 34, titled Myrna Valerio, A Fat Girl Running, Promotes Health at Every Size. So this one was not too long after we connected. Uh, Myrna was experiencing that beautiful thing we call momentum. It was around this time that I think I told her, this is amazing. Um, I love working with you. She was sponsored by Skirt Sports. Let's keep going as long as we can, because one day I know we're not going to be able to afford you anymore. And I think it's funny. She's mentioned like that she didn't really believe that, but the truth is it actually happened. Um, But her message at that time was about... It was kind of, it was a simpler message about the fact that people at any size can get moving for reasons above and beyond trying to lose weight and simply for the love and joy of movement. And while people noticed and while many people agreed with her, others decided to uh, make her the subject of their, I don't know, anger and frustration. I don't know why people do this stuff. So in September of 2017, that's about nine months later, we recorded episode 69, Myrna Valerio is not a liar and a fraud. And you guessed it, as I alluded to, um, as she gained popularity and was inspiring tons of people to try all kinds of new things that 
they couldn't imagine they could do until they saw someone who looked like them doing it. She also gained the attention of a lot of haters, you know, one of whom took the time to email her that she was a liar and a fraud. So it's hard to read that stuff, right? I think she read it during the middle of an ultra marathon. You've got to listen to this one. Um, But instead of stopping her, and this happens a lot, so it's kind of good that people write this stuff, the message fueled her to go even further. So she just kept pushing and moving and breaking barriers and getting stronger. Um, So here we go. It leads us to June of 2018. Um, This one was actually really cool. Myrna was the star speaker at the Skirt Sports Ambassador Retreat in Boulder at that time, June 2018. Again, I repeat. And um, since we had this in-person opportunity... I grabbed her and fellow ambassador at the time, LaToya Snell, and we recorded episode 97, which I called Myrna and LaToya Uncensored. And we had this like fun, deep, and I would say raunchy, like actually totally raunchy at times conversation about all sorts of really awesome topics that were relevant at the time and forever, like when your lady parts chafe, um, how people project their fears on others, how we're all kind of crazy, and a lot more. Um, and at this point, Myrna was very comfortable in the space of both empowerment and controversy, right? Because she's like, you're living both sides. And she was learning how to navigate it like really successfully. And I think this is around the time that she really took off. Um, she Her star was just growing. So, uh, you know, at the end, I was looking at it going, huh, we took a little podcast break, like two years <laughs> for us. That was a long time. Um, mainly because Myrna became insanely busy as a very sought after speaker, sponsored athlete and more. So our next podcast was in March of 2020. And now we record one, episode number 163, called Myrna Valerio Leans Into Joy. So think about it. March 2020, the pandemic had just begun, and I was desperate for a voice that would like help pull me and my listeners out of our daily fear, what was going to happen, and figure out how to embrace joy even during the toughest times. Um, after today's episode, after you listen today, I wonder if I was among the many who had unrealistic expectations for her. You know, often the most positive spirits in the world, you know, might not always be sparkly and bubbly on the inside and we push them so much that it can become hard for them. But the truth was that I needed her for more than the pandemic, because at that time, I was in my most like turbulent professional crisis ever. I was making a decision about the future of skirt sports, and it was tearing me up, and I needed every trick in the book. <sighs> so, got through all that, and this leads us to episode 200. I was like, maybe I'll just end it on 200. Who could I end it with? And I was like, well, duh, Myrna. So I did a live podcast with Myrna 
And it was kind of funny. I called it Myrna Valerio Live and Unfiltered. We recorded in May of 2021. Um, it was funny, actually, if you listen to that one, there were like sound effects like clapping and cheering. And I was trying to use them, but I think they sound really bad in the show. So keep that in mind. But in May of 2021, I was basically on like a honeymoon. So what happened since the last one is that I I sold Skirt Sports to Sarah Ratzliff and the Be Inspired brand of you know, family of brands. And I moved to Steamboat. And so Myrna and I recorded nine months later. And it was, you know, it was really a celebration of how far we both come and how much there still is to explore. I mean, how cool is that? I just gave you the nutshell of like Myrna in what, seven years? But the other thing is that, you know, that's only five. She made two bonus appearances on fun group podcasts we did. So in March of 2017, we did a photo shoot in Savannah, Georgia, and we all stayed at my parents' house. Um, and so I, I recorded us on the, around the kitchen table and the sound is really bad. Like I think my dad was really quiet and he didn't talk very close. And I don't know, we were just kind of winging it, but I published it. It's episode 43. It's called Tales from the Shoot. And there were five of us. It was Myrna, my parents, Galen Roger Molson, and Kim Cook, the wonderful and amazing photographer who, oh, I just, She's she's an awesome person. You should check her out, kimcook.com or kimcookphotography.com. So the conversation rocked. As I said, the sound sucked. But uh, really, you come for the content. So there you go. And then a couple years later, again, we had a photo shoot in January of 2019 in Boulder. And we were launching this amazing plus size collection that Myrna helped us design and fit and wear test. And we recorded episode 119 called Body Talk. And this was cool. We like all sat on just like little stools in our other photographer's basement who did a lot of our studio work, Bobby Turner. And uh, it was me and Myrna and Jill Angie. She's been on the pod a couple of times. And Jen Rockstar Zabo. I love her. And Katie Kelly. I haven't seen her forever. So we had these amazing models, um, super strong women. And we just went around and talked about our bodies, our minds, how they're connected um, and how we want to feel happy and good in our bodies. And this is what this collection really did. And what's cool is, you know, obviously we fit products on real women's bodies, not mannequins that don't move and are plastic. So to be honest, it's one of the things I'm most proud of is that we are able to create things that made women feel so beautiful, but also helped women grow and learn and evolve. So Okay, okay, so there you have it. It is a audio history of my friendship with this amazing woman who started as an educator from Georgia who had a health scare, decided to change her life, uh, be got back into running, and turned into the force we know today as the Mernivator, a, uh, a woman who truly brings joy everywhere she goes, even when she herself 
is struggling to find her own wow. So now you're dying to hear from her and I'm going to dangle a little more stuff first, okay? So hang in there. I need to get in a word from our amazing sponsor, Inside Tracker. They are a company that wants to help you maximize your health at every age and stage. And the cool thing is that Myrna already works with Inside Tracker. So, little spoiler, uh, it is actually totally organic when she mentions in the episode here in our discussion how their services really helped her figure out the physical correlation to some mental health issues she was having and still is. For those who don't know about Inside Tracker, they actually offer services that help you monitor your blood work so you can achieve your optimal health. That's what it's all about, optimal health. In the past, I thought I had to go to the doctor, get an order for blood work, and then go to the hospital or lab to get my blood drawn, and then wait for the doctor to call me back and leave a message, basically almost always just saying everything is normal. And I have quotes, I'm like using finger quotes right now, which you can't even see around the word normal, because it may be on normal, like in the normal range for the average person, and that's what the doctor's looking at. But that does not mean it's normal for you, and it does not mean that it may, may or may not be optimal. So Inside Tracker helps you figure out your optimal levels and then goes a step further and gives you suggestions to get there. It's very cool. You can also get your blood drawn in your own home if you're not near one of their labs for $99 extra. And I'd say that's probably worth it for so many of us. It's very easy. I've done it twice so far and uh, no issues. There's so much you can learn about yourself. And with Inside Tracker, you do not need a doctor's referral. You can do this on your own. You can take charge of your health. Simply go to insidetracker.com backslash run this world and pick a test that includes all the markers you want to cover. You know, and if you don't know, get the basic. And if you really want to go for it, get, get the, you know, the biggest, most robust plan they have. And you can throw in DNA tests. And you can do this inner age concept where they kind of look at all your stats and then say, yeah, yeah this is how, how old or young you are on the inside. It's kind of cool. Um, if you do not live near a lab, like I said, sign up for the mobile blood draw service. They'll send someone to your house. It's so easy. Okay, so don't wait. Do it now. Pause the show. Go to insidetracker.com backslash run this world for 20% off their entire site. Okay, I've done it. And now let's hear from my most frequent guest, probably due to the fact that I absolutely love her and wish I could just rename this podcast The MN Show and do it daily. I want to do that. Maybe I should. Maybe it's time. You let me know. Welcome to the incredible Myrna Valerio. Do you mind if I drink? Do you mind if I have some wine? Yeah, as you should. And, um, you know, I'm drinking my coffee, but we will definitely stop at some point tonight. Okay. Yeah. But since we don't really know exactly what we're talking about, <laughs> that there's a lot to cover, of just, which we don't know. Since we're just going to start rolling. Was it February? That, was that the last time I saw you? Was, I have such February. happy memories of my time yeah. with you. It was so fun. Oh, man, that was... It was so fun. It was really, really awesome. 
I like you. You really took care of me and showed me around. Oh, my gosh. If my husband would allow us to have guests stay in our house, I would have like trapped you here for much longer. And I would have been 24 seven. You would have been like, oh, my God, I need to leave now. As it stood, it was such a cool trip because you were out in Colorado for you were doing something with um, Keystone. Was that right? With with Keystone, with Epic Pass. And so I got to so I skied for a couple of days did a lot of uh, filming of things and um, and, you know, creating storylines and whatnot for my visit out at Keystone, which was awesome. And then, you know, I figured I should come and see Nicole to boom and. That's what I did. And I extended my trip and it was awesome. It was so awesome. Well, let me ask you. So when you're out there doing stuff with like Epic and Keystone, these ski resorts that are truly Epic, um, is it because they're like Myrna is the perfect person to show that people other than the 99% of people that are on this mountain can actually also come and play on this mountain? Like, what is the goal? I think that's it. That's it. That's definitely it. It's to show that, uh, you know, if you think about the outdoor industry, number one, it's the snow sport uh, injuries. (laughs) Oh, we're going to get to that. Hold on. Let me flip. The snow sport industry (laughs) uh, is very white. Uh, Typically, you know, middle class and up um, or upper middle class uh, and end up. And uh, I am, you know, neither of those. So, cool. um, so, you know, so what they do is they, they, they contact me and they ask me to, to go to a fabulous ski resort and show me having a good time, which I do. I make sure I have a good time because I love skiing. It's my new love. And as, as you could see yeah. yes. <laughs> from yes. our visit together. And, and I think it does. What it does is it it creates more representation, um, and people become interested in in what I'm doing. They're like, oh, if Myrna can do it, or if she's there and she's okay, and um, no, <laughs> and no one has called her a racial epithet. <laughs> I, it's, it's you know, then maybe I should try it too because that's a very you know, yeah, joke about it, but it's a very important part of getting out there for, in terms of it, increasing. Um, the demographic and and uh, making it a little bit more diverse of of who does snow sport. So I I think that's the reasoning. Um, and and I think it works. Um, well, I can definitely testify that you have fun. We when you mm-hmm. came, okay, so you were like, hey, I'll go. Are you around? Or I maybe I bugged you. Are you here? What what's happening? And you were like, I'm booking it booked. Like one second later, you were like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, how did you do that so fast? You're like, we were, yeah, we were, we were talking on the phone. You. And then talking about, oh, and when are we going to record this? Right. And yeah. I said, you know, I'm going to be in Colorado at Keystone and I should come visit you. And bam. And then five minutes later, I booked the Holiday Inn because that was the only room left. <laughs> well, the really funny <laughs> thing. Like, There's nothing left. No, there was nothing because it was so good this winter. The snow was so good. But the other funny thing is we're like, okay, good. You can come here and we'll record the podcast. And then we were we like, we're fun. not going to take an hour to record. Oh, we skied and we ate. And that kind of oh, so much fun. <laughs> Remember um, our favorite run? Um, uh, 
Uh, yeah. What's it called? Uh, um, <laughs> not Quick Draw. It's next to Quick Draw. It's the one I do every time. How do I know my blinking on it? It's my favorite run, too. Well, anyway, you have to come out to Steamboat and check out all the fun blue runs because that's what we did. And then we rocked the one black run. Yeah. That I now, like, I'm like, okay, I can do black now. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> and that was like the best one ever because I videoed you very poorly. I don't even yeah, think you did it in any of your marketing. I didn't use it. Well, you you're did. not on social media, oh, okay. so you didn't see it. <laughs> I did post it, Nicole. <laughs> But, you know, one thing I just loved so much is that, you know, I don't ski with other people than my family very often, like because, you know, you don't have a lot of people that come in from out of town every weekend. And it what was so cool is that this winter I had multiple opportunities to ski with people who came in to visit. And when you came in, it was like we just hit a groove. And what I love about skiing is that it doesn't really matter what level skier you are. You always want to be able to ski to the level of probably the lowest common denominator so that that person mm-hmm. can actually join in. And yeah. uh, you can have fun no matter what. And uh, it's just, it is such a joyous um, kind of activity. Somehow I didn't understand what skiing really did to people in their hearts. Mm-hmm. It's, until, you know, to be honest, it reminds me of that other really cool sport that you did for your first time with me in Costa Rica. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I was oh. always like, what is up with these surfers? Like, they just look like they've got it made and like yeah. they figured out the meaning of life. Maybe there is something special to this, but I doubt it. And then you go out there. Yeah. And you jump on your first wave and you're like, oh, yep, they figured it out. There, yeah, there absolutely is something about moving in that and those very specific ways on the earth or on water, on top of snow, you know, what have you. If there's something really special about it and something that like hits your heart and like steals your heart and you don't get it back. <laughs> you don't get it back. And no. then you crave it. Yep. <laughs> and there's an ice cream truck outside. I have to close my window. Can you hear it? No. What is it? Okay, good. There's an ice cream truck outside. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Oh, and Alexa Park right in front of my building. Can okay, you just fun. like, you know, scream out the window and get something quick? No, because I don't. I'm not a kid anymore. Do you think ice cream trucks are a viable business model? I am. I am thinking of the next thing. It's, you know what? I think. If you are in a community or if there is a community where the kids are playing outside, absolutely. Yeah. Um, not quite the community that I live in. That sometimes there's kids that play outside, but mostly no. <laughs> so I don't think it's viable for this particular community in New York City. Yes. Where I grew up still, kids still, kids still play outside. They're still running around and, you know, parents are sitting on a stoop and stuff and like watching their kids. So yeah, that still happens, but. Here in Vermont. <laughs> Love it. You know, it's funny. Um, I really, as much as I don't know what we're going to talk about, I did kind of want to simply talk about the fact that many people in life go through a time that I call the in-between. Is that like mm. a Stranger Things thing? Is it the in-between? No, it's upside I, down. You know, I, I, don't, I haven't watched Stranger Things. Um, 
Got it. Uh, Makes or sense. any other cool series except for Ted Lasso. But oh, um, like Ted Lasso. have you? Ha- oh yeah, have you watched the third season? No, don't tell me. I'm not. I'm not well, we got rid of our Apple s- subscription when it ended, and now Tim's like, "Well, maybe we should finish this other show on this other thing and end that one, and then we'll get Apple again." What like TV? You used to be able to just watch all the channels, but now we're no, and- no. Yeah, I got to watch Ted again. Well, so this this <laughs> idea of the in between, you know, here my brain is kind of on business right now, and the reason, yeah is that during my in-between, I'm just doing lots of little stuff, which I know uh-huh. you can relate to. Because even though you have this big picture vision, there's little things that fill it, right? And I yeah. just mm-hmm. launched this um, in one month. I'm putting on a kids business boot camp. That, oh, yeah, is, you talked about that. Yes. And so I'm doing it and it precedes this children's business fair that Steamboat's having on June 10th. And um, I'm really excited about it. But I'm also like I'm going to be helping these kids think about businesses that would, mm-hmm. you know, both make sense, inspire them, make money, you know, all the things you need to think about when you're starting a business. I love and it. it's got it's got me going back to like, well, what the heck am I doing? Wait, is my business helping <laughs> kids figure out their business? So it's kind of fun. And then the idea of like the ice cream truck just happened. And I was like, boom, why aren't I doing that right now? Huh? Yeah, you know, because you can, it's not as special as it used to be. Remember when, you know, yeah. ice cream was special and it was for a special occasion. We didn't have ice cream every night. We didn't have it. Um, available to us everywhere we turned. So I think it's lost. Anyway, for me, and also I'm an, I'm an adult. Uh, it's, it's lost a little bit of its appeal. You know? Well, uh, again, I think it really does depend on the community that you're in because there's, I'm in Vermont. People stay in their homes or on the trails. <laughs> we don't need to talk about ice cream trucks anymore, but you did say something just now, which is it's not as special anymore. And just mm-hmm. that statement alone makes me think, why are we doing anything if it doesn't feel special to us? Well, right? That is a really deep question. Okay, what's the answer? That is really deep. Um, if you give me a few years <laughs> and a few hundred pages, maybe I can figure something out. <laughs> maybe I can answer that question. But I think, yeah, a lot of things have lost their appeal because they're not special. They're so highly accessible and, and they have become things that we do every day or that we expect. Um, and then, but there, I think there still are special things. I mean, yeah, you know, off the top of my head, I, you know, my, I don't have a whole list, but there are special things, things that are special. Um, you know, time with people, I think, with people that you love, time with people that you have a really deep connection with. Uh, that's still special. That that will always be special, even though we do have access to people, you know, more so than we did before. We have FaceTime. We have all of these different ways. Zoom, like we're on now. We are in two totally totally time zones and I get to be face to face with you. But it's not the same as, as being, you know, on a slopes, you know, with you at Steamboat. <laughs> but it's still access and I still get to have a great conversation with a good friend. And so, um, so that still remains special. You know what I mean? You know, I, 
I'm kind of, as you're speaking, I'm reflecting back on the time that I've known you, which has been a long time now. And I can see this like timeline of Myrna. You're like running in the timeline. You're like actually running on the timeline thing in my head. And you're just (laughs) going from one thing to the next. And it somehow, to me, from the outside looking in, it seems very organic and that everything you've done along this path has been because you have found it to be special to you. Mm-hmm. And so this, maybe we could, let's do a little recap. I love that. I mean, you're I obviously that. my most frequent guest and <laughs> no one will ever top your record of appearances on this podcast. But um, so some people probably know you, they've heard your previous episodes and whatever, but when I came to know you, you were just re-entering running and you had decided to do ultra runs. And that was the beginning that I knew you. And you were you were really finding joy with each step. But there's been a lot of different things you've done since. Mm. So that so when you first reached out to me, that was 2015. And I actually just got uh like a memory notification of the first it wasn't an email it was a facebook messenger on my business page that i had just created because somebody told me to do it um and you were you you said something to the effect of i had oh i just saw you on nbc nightly news and i think you're great i'd love to send you i you have this company called screw sports and i'd love to send you some some of our apparel Thank you so much for doing what you do. Something like that. And and I'm 2015. I wasn't just starting out. Re, I wasn't just restarting my running trajectory. I was actually seven years in, but it didn't become public until 2015. Um, until I was uh, until my blog was quote unquote discovered by Wall Street Journal, and then and then that trajectory started happening very quickly <laughs> from one thing to the next to the next to the next and then and and as you have seen um even though you're not on social media now you just read a, a recent article about me in women's health right women's health magazine and uh yeah or was it trail runner it was women's health and then the and trail runner they're all, all owned by the same company now so um yeah and it's it hasn't stopped <laughs> well and and what, what? they wrote the yeah, title of done. it yeah was really relevant to this you know conversation we're kind of starting which was about how you've been through a bunch of things and so the idea people have is when they go through tough stuff that makes them get stuck and it can be anything in your case been you know some for some different kinds of injuries right but and other health issues and things like that any other personal things. But when you get stuck, then you go, I got to get out of this so I can get back to my old self. And their headline was something like, Murda Valerio is not back to her old self. She's back to her new self. There's something, yeah. you know, like, and I love uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. That's cool. I was like, oh, this is perfect. We got to talk. So is that like what you're remembering about that article? Too? Yeah. Yes. And and I actually, it's it, I love that article. It's one of my favorite that I have read about myself. Um, there are 
a lot. There are lots of things that have been written about me and not all complimentary, but I think people do try. They try to encapsulate my life or capture me and in the most authentic ways, but not all of them achieve that. And this particular writer, Michael Ling, was wonderful and asking me different questions. I don't remember what the questions were, but she you know, she wasn't asking me, well, how did you start running? And because that's usually how most interviews start. She's like, I know you're, you've already had a billion articles done on you. You know, what's going on in your life now? How have things changed? Uh, I know I read that you had had uh, you had been contending with some injuries. Let's talk about the injuries. Let's talk about what you're doing now. I saw that you just did this three day crazy race in Moab. Uh, talk about your trajectory from having been injured several times over to being able to complete this race. How did it, how did it go? Um, and so I was, I was really appreciative of that because I think that people, you know, they read something about me or somebody else, uh, and think that everything is a straight line. It's very linear. There are no bumps. There are no hurdles. There are no obstacles. Um, and, and that is never, ever the case, even with the most elite people, um, in, in athletics, right? There are always injuries. There are always, if people think that athletes don't get injured, they're, I, yes. <laughs> I mean, you can prevent injury to a certain extent, but like if, if it's your job, something's going to happen, right? Even if you're doing everything right. I was not doing, I wasn't doing everything right. <laughs> you know, I was doing a lot of, I was doing too much. And so, um, you know, so that caused one injury, which led to a next, the, the next, and then a very long recovery time. Um, so yeah. And you, you were talking about the in-between this, that period was absolutely the in-between where I had to, well, I had to figure out number one, how to maintain my mental health because it was spiraling. And I think we, we talked about this before in an earlier episode, like it was really spiraling because I couldn't run. I, I just can do it. And, uh, and it really took a huge toll on my happiness and the wanting to even go outside. And um, so it was, it was very hard. And it, would all, it also happened during the pandemic. And so you have that whole, that whole thing to contend with. And, you know, being sort of stuck at home and, you know, dealing with all of the anxiety around that. So, so there's that. And yeah, so it took, you know, for I would say from, from 2020, 2020 is when I had my meniscus surgery. And then, uh, like I had that in August, I guess. Yeah. August of 2020. And before then we were, you know, at home. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so it's like, I almost didn't have an outlet. Right. To and take care of myself in the way that I knew how to. Well, and you had already moved to Vermont, right? I was in Vermont at this point. Yeah. yeah. And so you were faced with recovering during a winter and skiing's not the best way to recover from knee surgery. What? And I hadn't started skiing yet. Yeah. And, oh, and you um, couldn't cycle. Yeah. You couldn't do a lot of bike riding in the winter. And not for, well, it was, so it was August. So it was, it was still oh. nice out. It was, uh, the surgery yeah. happened in August. And so I had September and October. Uh, and I, and I took my first running steps at the, I'm going to say the end of October, maybe. Um, that was, but it, my gait wasn't back to its normal 
myself probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it takes a long time. Now, and it took a very long time. Uh, but I did, I was able to start riding a bike. And that was because my coach said, Myrna, start like, Myrna, <laughs> you're on a bike. And I was so reluctant to do it. I, didn't want, I did not want to get on a bike. And I'm like, bike people, I thought everybody was an a-hole. Bike um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't like bike people because I was like, those road road cyclists are jerks. That that's that's the thought that I had in my head, right? Um, and so, but I happened to have this bike shop right across the parking lot. So I went over and I said, I need a bike. What do you have for me? And I ended up with a salsa cycles uh journeyman that and and then a couple of weeks later I had a bike sponsor. <laughs> Wow. So I had to go out on a bike. And so I You did. had to. And that was, and I met my bike coach, Max, because of that. And it like, that brought me this incredible friendship and, uh, and, and, and learning. Um, and now, like, I'm a cyclist. I never saw myself as a cyclist, but I'm a cyclist now. Like, I do gravel races. Like, <laughs> who am I even? I don't know. Um, I know. And so and that helped me. Yeah. So, okay, question. When you said your mental health was spiraling, what does that look like for you? Um, <laughs> I had some dark thoughts uh, more than once. And, um, and you know, I was also worried about, like, this is my job. Like, it's, it's my job. Like, I, like, having sponsors, I just signed on with Lululemon. Um, and I was like, well, I, I have to be running. I, be, I have to be creating content. I mean, I have to be available for shoots. I have to do this and do that. And so that became a really, it wasn't just an existential worry. It was a worry that was based in real life. Like, how am I going to make money if I can't run? Um, uh, and so, so the cycling gave me a, like an outlet to not be thinking about that all the time. I also, um, and, and Lululemon was great. They were like, you know, you just had surgery. <laughs> you're, you're fine. <laughs> um, and yeah, and it was just, it was hard to to look out the window and see people running when we were finally allowed to go outside. You know, it was hard to do that because, you know, running gives me so much joy. It gives me so much joy, even though it's so hard sometimes. And it's the thing that my body is meant to be doing. When you can't do that, it takes a toll. And um you know, I just, yeah, I do. I've always dealt with a lot of anxiety. It's not something that was always public um, or something that I even acknowledged. Uh, you know, I'm a, a huge avoider. <laughs> so when my anxiety gets really high, I just start avoiding things and I just don't do them. And that's not good for me <laughs> or real life, right? Um, my, you know, heart rate is, you know, really high. My blood pressure goes up. It's just it's the whole thing. It like takes its hold on it, on my, on my body as well. And, um, man, I just can't turn it off. I can't turn the cycle of thinking off. So, so that's how that kind of manifests, well, manifests itself. I, that's, I, I feel like we could talk for a second about this because until I moved well, until the last year that I was running skirt sports when I went through all kinds of different levels of stress that I'd never had, I had never had that thing where my brain would, 
you know, focus on a thought and then just keep spiraling it. Like I'd never Mm -hmm. had that before. And since, you know, over the past few years, I have experienced that. And it happens usually for me in the middle of the night when I wake up. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. because I don't, my life right now is like I mentioned earlier, I'm sort of in the in-between. I don't have a lot of high stakes stresses. So the stress cycle is like on little things. Like I remember one time Mm. I woke up Mm -hmm. and I was up for like an hour and my brain wouldn't shut off this thought. And it was, my kid just got her ears pierced and they're uneven. How is she going to go through life with uneven ears pierced? And what can (laughs) we do now? And it's permanent. They're in her ears. And, and like my brain just kept doing that. Like obviously low stakes, you know, stress thoughts, but you said like you couldn't turn it off. Did you eventually figure that out? Because I don't think we're alone here. And if we can give people any tools yeah. to turning off that that little issue that so many of us have, that'd be amazing. Well, you know, the first thing for me was actually going to a doctor with this, you know, with the pretense of I needed a physical. I wanted to go have a physical. And I went to this. We have this fantastic practice here uh, in central Vermont. It's called like the Integrated Women's Health Center. Um, and so when I made an appointment with everybody, everyone had said that they're fantastic, you know, for women's health, yada, yada. Then I went in, because I was, I was also feeling just very jittery all the time. Um, and I couldn't contribute it only, or attribute it only to coffee. <laughs> As you know, I drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> in fact, this morning, I had two mugs out of the mug that you and Wilder gave me a couple of years ago. <laughs> I use it most mornings. <laughs> it has a big, a big old M on it. So, yeah. You know, yeah. And so, like, I was just feeling, I was just feeling weird. And I've had some things happen. And also, like, I, um, the other thing that spurred this was that I had triple books myself one day and I, and I was blaming myself for it. And, and they were they were three p- pretty big gigs that you know I didn't I couldn't find a way out of of um, rescheduling and and then you know of course like all these like demons like you know you're so dumb like there's no you shouldn't even be doing this because you don't know what you're doing um, you can't even handle your own life uh, like just over and over and over and over and over again. And then, um, so this happened. This is March of, of 2021. That's when it got its worst. And, and I said, I, I need to go to the doctor. Go to the doctor. They take you on the survey you have, or they make you do the survey. It's like the uh, anxiety and depression survey, I guess, that they give people. And um, so I took the survey. Like, that wasn't, you know, I just, everything... I just marked off the things that were true for me. And then I had a long conversation with my doctor and she was like, you have severe anxiety and depression. Like, has anyone ever talked to you about this? And what that did for me was just corroborate everything that I had been feeling and that I had felt physically and I hadn't been able to sleep. My sleeping was awful. Um, and I was just, I was in a really bad mood. And I'm not a person that's in a bad mood a lot, right? Now, I might be snarky or whatever, but like, I was just, I was in that horrible mood. And, you know, again, this is during the pandemic. So, or during the height of the pandemic. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, and so 
So I actually left that appointment. She offered medication. And I said, no, I'd, I'd like to try to talk therapy first. And it's nothing against medication. I still don't have a therapist. <laughs> I haven't tried any medication, um, but that, but it but it offered me some insight in, as to why I was feeling the way I was and what was happening in my brain and um and so I again I, I still need a therapist I like should be seeing a therapist weekly uh, or biweekly because I do I have a lot of stress and I have there are a lot of high stakes things that I'm dealing with um, and my life is very public. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so like there, there is that. And, uh, and I'm so glad I went to go see that doctor because it just, and explained everything to me. Um, and then also there's this whole thing, you know, maybe this is fodder for another uh, episode, you know, of perimenopause and how that changes your hormones and how like it changes your moods and, uh, the way you handle things <laughs> and the whole, uh, uh, you know, just having um, like the doomsday sort yeah. of no, those that that too, but the like sort of doomsday attitude or or feeling on um, that kind of thing. So like, so I was experiencing that as well, and um, yeah, so that it was like a perfect time, storm of bad, the perfect storm of everything of bad of, of bad. And, I want to ask a question on top of this. Please. So the expectation of the people who are observing you, because as you said, your life is very public and you've accepted that and that generally works for you. But when you're not feeling great, your brand message to the world is joy. So yeah. does that add an extra layer of pressure or how do you handle that? Do you just hide? You're like, I don't even because faking joy is mm -hmm. the opposite mm -hmm. of you you don't fake no opposite. and i i can't do it i can't fake joy uh everything that you see on my social media is authentic so there were definitely moments where i did feel joy and so those moments i posted i wasn't focusing on the anxiety and i did i did touch on it a bit when i especially when i started working with inside tracker um i did touch on it um and i on what, how, how I was dealing with it, like in my nutrition and my movement and like my sleep habits. Um, and so, so yeah, I wasn't, I, I didn't lie. I didn't, I didn't fake joy uh, because I am a joyful person, but there were like, so like in addition to the joyful moments, there were very, very low moments. And, um, but I deliberately chose not to publicize it because I want to keep some stuff private, you know? Um, and, you know, but, but I did notice that when I did talk about those, those high anxiety moments, people were like, thank you for sharing. Them. Um, because, you know, we're all human. We're all human. And I, and I do want to keep my platform joyful, but like, you know, it's, it's part of the human experience. Um, yeah. I yeah. will say with like this social media universe we live in, it's way more fun when, when it's positive and when you just perpetuate that vibe, it's it feels good in the way that you're supported when you put things mm -hmm. out there that are tough and people say, oh, I feel mm -hmm. for you. But it's not as fun. And to be honest, like part of mm -hmm. the reason that we go out there and we engage in social media is because it's entertainment for us. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's enough 
sort of negativity and people um, talking about how difficult that life is and how challenging it is that I don't need to do that. Um, but I do, I do want, I do want people to see the real me and that's, that is the real me. Um, and you know, every now and then I'll give you a, a snippet. <laughs> I'll share a little bit more and that's how I like it. You know, it's not me hiding or anything like that, but like some things are, are meant to be private and you know, I'm not going to like show you everything. Y'all need to see everything. Um, Nicole, you can see everything. It's fine. But because <laughs> I actually know you <laughs> and I love well, guess what? I don't know everybody that follows me. <laughs> um, oh man. I, I mean, this is, this is good. This is important to share. And so as you're going through the throes of this, you did mention perimenopause and I think we should talk about it because, um, and this episode talk is sponsored by inside yeah. tracker who was also <laughs> important to you. Um, but with perimenopause, did you figure out with your doctor that you were in fact going through hormonal changes due to perimenopause or did she, yeah, was she it definitely mentioned it. She was like, now was, you know, as, as I, as I have been working with this particular doctor who is fantastic. And she's also like a health, health and every size practitioner, like many doctors here in Vermont, um, she, yeah, she alluded to, you know, the changes in my body, my physical body, right? Because um, I was like, you know, um, my, my butt, <laughs> it's funny, my butt just like suddenly got like, it's like differently shaped, like very differently shaped. And, you know, my family goes, we know you've been doing a lot of deadlifts and this is hilarious. My family is not a body shaming family, you know, it's, but the, you know, there's, you know, a little bit more there. Like, you know, okay, okay. They're not look good. <laughs> I love it. You know, but, and, but, and it's so funny, just like, like a year and a half ago, when I started or two years ago, when I started seeing the doctor, like things started happening and I started not being able to sleep and the anxiety and then this and the bad. And she's like, well, you know, you are entering you are most likely entering this, this period of perimenopause, right? Like, so I saw my period every single month, like clockwork, um, since I was nine. <laughs> and, um, you know, so, but there are things that are changing that are, I'm like, oh, why is, why is this happening? And why am I forgetting everything? And why are there, um, words like <laughs> just happen right now? Oh, uh, that I can't remember words that are a part of my regular vocabulary. It's, I cannot recall them. And, and so, and this is all part of that sort of perimenopausal wheel of delights. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, I will tell you, um, there's so many more symptoms to this time in our life that I, I had no idea because everyone always only talked about hot flashes. That's what I kind of heard when I was 30. I'm like, okay, whatever. That's many years ahead. Well, now we're in it. And yeah, there's those things happening. But um, my most recent, I think my skin's getting like looser. And I was like, like, what mm -hmm. happened? Why is my skin getting looser? And then I immediately read an article like, well, during perimenopause, your skin and your, you know, elasticity changes. And I was like, I need collagen. And then my hair, <laughs> it's really different. It used to be uh -huh. rich and full. And I think I'm uh -huh. getting some grays, uh -huh. but it's also getting really greasy and gross. Uh -huh. It doesn't look <laughs> the same. And I mean, so there's like every, 
I remember going to my doctor a couple years ago and she goes, everything that feels different, you can blame it on perimenopause from here Mm -hmm. for about 10 more years. And I was like, what? Um, So, you know, I hear you. And the hard thing is for anybody, when you're in the middle of change, it's hard to see that change is happening. Mm -hmm. You can see that change happened after it happened, you know, like, uh, for instance, an overuse injury is harder to realize that it's an actual injury until years later, sometimes like Mm -hmm. the one I'm currently dealing Mm -hmm. with. But but a traumatic injury is a lot easier. Boom. It happened. Right. Right. Because something happened, something traumatic happened something definitely happened at this time and space and and you know exactly what it was whereas with with an overuse you're like you, you know you you have a niggle here you have a little pain here and we kind of dismiss it and you work through it and then you know it comes back again oh you know you work through it again because it that's what worked before and uh and then you know, a couple of years later, a couple of months later, you're like, oh, my knee doesn't work or, or my leg or my ankle doesn't work or my whatever your injury is. And um, it's funny, I hesitate to say things about the knee because I always get that. Yeah, right. The whole knock on wood thing. Person, oh, God. Oh, you're, you have to ruin your knee. I'm like, yeah, well, I already had surgery on my knee. I'm fine. I just ran uh, 15 you know, and a half miles. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. on that either I had surgery on so screw you anyway um but, uh yeah it's it's so it's so interesting um the way th- things happen so what I've been trying to do is to really be an observer not to like what's happening in my brain what's happening in my body um as soon as something feels different hey what feels oh my butt feels different now I can you know feel my butt and it fits my clothes differently. My boobs feel different. Like, uh, um, my, my hair, uh, last year fell out. A bunch of it just fell out, you know? And I was like, Oh, cause I've always had very, very thick hair and it's still thick. Right. But it just, it was just coming out. And I was like, what? And it was dry. Well, you know, opposite of yours, it wasn't greasy and gross. I mean, it was just dry and gross. Um, and, and then it was just kind of stick out at the side. <laughs> and um so you know that was happening and i just started feeling different um but the other thing was like now i'm like the one of the positive things is and i know this is something that happens as you get older you gain more perspective it's, it's like i don't give a flying <laughs> about most things there's some things i still care about but like i just don't care <laughs> oh my gosh did you know the computer screen froze right when you said i don't give a and i was like what where'd she go i don't give a i what i said was she i didn't know with a beep <laughs> oh so here you are like two years ago going through depression anxiety perimenopause hormonal changes are happening and you hadn't had your surgery yet. Your surgery was coming. It was no. I had had the surgery. You had already. this. So I you had were, had the surgeries. Heard the sur- yeah in twenty twenty, and then you're recovering. And then from- things are just yeah. I was recovering. Um yeah, and um I started biking and um but I and I had a lot of I had a lot of work that wasn't athletics related. I was doing a lot of speaking and stuff. And so they were like three speaks spe- speeches at one workshop and then two other speeches that I 
that I triple booked on this one day. And uh, <laughs> you want to tell us who these high stakes, um, you know, accounts were that you screwed up? I'll tell you about one of them. One of them looks at state of Vermont. So. <laughs> Did any of them forgive you? Were they like, that's OK, we understand. The other. <laughs> one of the other uh, things that I was supposed to do. Uh, allowed me, instead of going live on this day, they allowed me to record my presentation and then I didn't take any money from them. So it had a financial uh, effect on me. And I said that because I was sorry and I, and I, it wasn't intentional, but I was like, well, I can't do it live, but I will, I will record my presentation, which is what I did. And, uh, and then I had to, and I got, I had to get my, um, my agent Margot involved. Uh, um, and she's like, "You're it's gonna be fine. You know, things happen all the time. These things happen all the time. They'll be fine." I was like, "Okay, well, tell them I won't take any money from them. Just I'll just do it and get it done." And that's my sort of apology. So, <laughs> um, and then the other one was, and it just it all worked out in the end. But I I was I had a really really tough time that entire week blaming myself for being disorganized and like really, really crapping on myself for not being the amazing human being. Everybody thought I was <laughs> uh, ruining my brand. I was, you know, all of this, all of this talk was in my, all of this negative self-talk was in my head, but anyway. Um, but now here's how I deal with that. So I ask myself a couple of questions. I say, what is the absolute worst case scenario? What is the absolute worst case realistic scenario um that could happen what is the less worse um okay thing that can happen that's not ideal but it allows you to to live and like continue on your day what's the what's what's the most realistic thing that could happen right now what's the absolute best case scenario. And so that's what I, that's how I deal with a lot of the anxiety coming my way. I ask my, I stop and I ask myself these questions and I write stuff down. What is the worst case scenario? What is the absolute best thing that could happen? What's, what's probably going to happen? I'm probably going to really, this probably going to suck, um, but I'll get through it. And I'll forget about it in two days, <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, <laughs> we could end less, the less podcast right here. That was, that's really good stuff. Um, I mean, it's basic, but when our heads yeah. go crazy, we even forget the basic common sense things to help us get through this. And, you know, when skirt sports had a huge issue towards the end of my time there, and I couldn't sleep for a month, I remember doing a similar thing. I finally woke up one day and I was like, I need to write down the the spectrum of outcomes, of possible outcomes. Mm -hmm. And on mm -hmm. one end, it was like, you go out of business, shut down the company, declare bankruptcy and lose everything. And the mm -hmm. other end was like, you sell the business for, you know, some large, whatever it is. And like you come out swinging. 
and then a million different outcomes in between. And mm-hmm. I was like, the likelihood of either extreme is probably not going to happen. Right. But, you know, let's shoot for something in the middle. And then it helped mm-hmm. me carve a path. And you know what your thought process does there is it takes the pressure off. Yeah, it really does. And then you can just go do the thing. Uh, even, you know, it still might be stressful. Um, you still got to do it. But you have all of, you know, the possible outcomes. Um, and again, it's probably not going to be at, at the extreme. Uh, and if it does, you'll still live. <laughs> exactly. It'll, it'll, you know, and, and you just accept that, that it might happen and I'll get through it. Yeah. You know, we're as as we're kind of winding down through this this path you're on, there are a lot of transitions happening and. This is I want to kind of frame this as I know my own transitions in life, my big ones. And let's just talk about career for a minute. I had an extremely clear transition from pro athlete to entrepreneur. I one day loved racing and training all day. The next day I had an idea. The day after that, I won an Ironman wearing the idea. The day after that, I sold my first skirt and I was off to the races. And that is obviously an abbreviated time schedule. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It didn't happen in four days. (laughs) But it was like so obvious from even six months to the next six months that I had a passion for one thing and then that my passion had completely changed. And now I didn't even really care about that other thing. I had no nerves or anxiety or anything tied up in racing anymore. And all I wanted to do was pursue this thing. That is beautiful when that happens. Mm -hmm. It is not common, I don't think. I don't think it's always common or we don't allow ourselves to pursue those passions as they happen for whatever reason. So I Mm -hmm. guess my thought or my question to you is as you're walking through this path in your life, can you look back on some of your transitions and see, you know, how you navigated them. And and what do you do mm. when the transition isn't as clear? And can you tell I'm asking for myself now? Because now I'm in a yeah. position <laughs> that I've literally just been in for a while going, someday something's going to grab me, you know? So, so what do you do when it's not super clear? You know, I think you just keep going through the motion. I... I and something happens like you, you, ha- I, what I think about a lot is this idea of manifesting things, right? Your, uh, and I don't care what people think about woo woo stuff. The, the, the idea, the whole idea of, of manifesting is, you know, having something in your, in your mind, in your heart, and then your, your behavior around that idea changes. That's how things happen, right? Um, do I like for me personally, do I have that next step in my head and in my heart? Yeah. How will I get there? I don't know. But because I have those ideas planted in my heart and in my head, I will subconsciously be making changes in my life for that to happen. And so will it be smooth? Who knows? I don't know. Will it be painful? Probably <laughs> it might be physically painful too, you know, like, yeah, I'm thinking, you know, like I have my three sports now, um, run, bike, ski, <laughs> you know, will I always be able to do those things? I don't know. 
I don't know. I might get injured again. I might, something might happen. I don't know. So I've got to be, I've, I always have to be thinking of the next thing that could be on the horizon. You know, um, I remember when you, you, Tim and I were having a conversation around your table in Boulder and, you know, he was talking about cycling and I was like, and I'm, in my head, I'm like, nah, <laughs> I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be out of like, what do I do? <laughs> you know, and, um, but to always, but that planet of seed, you know, always to be thinking of what's next, especially in this unprecedented space that I find myself in, right? I am not, uh, a salaried employee working as a teacher right now. I could always go back to teaching. Do I want to go back to teaching in that particular, uh, frame of teaching or uh, no, <laughs> um, I love what I do now. I'd like, I, I think I, I'm teaching on a big platform. Um, and it, maybe it doesn't look like teaching, but I definitely am teaching people, right? And u- utilizing that skill. So like, so I'm thinking like in the future, like, you know, what am I going to be, what am I going to be doing next when, you know, I don't have a Lululemon or an LL Bean sponsorship, you know, or, or what have you, like what, what is next? That transition will definitely most likely <laughs> be painful in many ways, but what's the worst case scenario, right? Mm. What's the best case scenario? Ooh, and you What's know, probably it, that, going to happen. That transition might already be happening. Um, and I know, I, actually, you said a lot has happened in the last few months, but I'm still stuck two years ago going, how the hell did you get out of your depression? Mm. Let's go back to that. And am I hard- fully out of it? Am I, am I fully out of it? Are you? No. No. I, but I know what the triggers are i know now that well, i know now that like I'm, i need to be outside i need to be moving my body it's one way and it's not therapy but it is definitely therapeutic for me to be outside and moving my body um i and to be also also to be, kind of be alone my 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 job is very public and I'm in front of people all the time. And so spending time with, with either alone, but not like being lonely, but just having solitude and uh, be doing that meditation helps me a lot. I don't do it enough, but it helps me a lot. Um, talking to my plants in the morning. <laughs> you know, there's, there's little things. And, and, also, and also like, uh, we'll say that again. Well, your kid's home now, too. I mean, does Rashid help balance you or does it make it crazier? Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm so happy that I'm so, so happy that he's here. And, uh, you know, he's, he's matured. He's, um, you know, a lot of the worry is about him. And like, is he, is he going to be OK? He's he's fine. He is so well adjusted and so mature. He's always been super mature and very independent. Um, and so that's cool. <laughs> I don't really have to worry about him. I thought he's home for the summer. Uh, he's gonna be working for me and um, doing some fun stuff with me, and a little bit of travel, a little bit of so or a lot of social media, as you know, he is now Jen, whatever, whatever Jen we're on now. Um, the uh, a a one, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, is he like the iPhone G- i Jen? You know, Myrna, I didn't I see I a job posting. I would have applied. I want to work for you. You're not even on social media anymore. <laughs> True, I can't really do anything. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, still dealing with it, still looking for a therapist. 
Uh, so I'm looking specifically for a black woman therapist. Uh, and so there's been some issues finding a person, uh, you know, because there are things that I experience as a black woman, uh, that other people don't experience. And so like, I want to be able to talk about it and strategize around it. Um, and, uh, so if you know anyone public, uh, please let me know. Um, <laughs> telehealth is okay. Um, yeah. So still dealing with it. I still definitely fall into periods of, um, darkness. Um, and, uh, but I've definitely found some ways to sort of crawl out of that. Um, yeah. Movement and being with people that I love. Um, talking to my mom on the phone. <laughs> um, and then also, you know, like I, like we've been talking about, like just sort of laying things out, laying things out and not focusing so much on all the bad stuff that could happen in the future. Right. Um, being in the now, you know, Hey, what's go what's going great for me right now? How could I continue that? Like, you know, how could I continue that into the future? What's, what's not going so great. So I need to talk to, <laughs> to, uh, to help me with that. And then what do I need to do to like deal with this and get this, this, this ugliness out of my life? Um, and I'm not a therapist. I don't know. Like I'm, if what I'm doing is right or whatever, but it, it definitely helped me. So, um, yeah. Wow. That's good. I stuff. Go yeah. I'm going to, um, we'll have to touch base with each other with this question every once in a while. What's going great for you right now? To like snap us out of whatever we're in, because you know it forces you to focus on the positive, and I do think that helps. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and I will tell you what's going great for me right now. Okay, tell uh, us. Other than my son, other than my son being home uh, for the summer. Wait, is he I... still cooking for you? So what? One of his duties is to make me a meal every day. Yeah, since job hasn't started yet, I'm letting him rest. I need to rest. You know, I'm actually home for a whole week and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and not traveling but uh yeah so he's gonna make me a meal a day i mean one meal a day um a fancy meal too uh that's gonna be one of the requirements um but um so i just i just got back from portugal because you are not on the internet well you're on the internet but you're not on social like i was um my social media is full of pictures and videos and commentary about my time in the azores and uh, i did the one of my retreats, my soul's trail running adventures retreat. Uh, and we spent eight days in the Azores. We ran, we ate, we drank a lot of wine. We ate again. We ran again. We stayed in beautiful places. We were in the ocean. Uh, and then at the end of it, there's a race, the Azores trail run. And I, uh, and I've been going to the Azores since 2018. They invited me there. Um, and I had signed up for the 65K and mistook. 3,000 meters for 3,000 feet and then had a DNF because 3,000 meters is about 11,000 <laughs> a vertical gain. Uh, and so, but I had such a good, good time. I went back the next year and then the pandemic happened and I, uh, as soon as I could go back in 2022, I went back, took another group, took a group this year. It was fantastic. I did the 25K. It had 4,500 feet of gain. It was muddy. The mud was up to our knees in many places. It was extremely windy so windy that they had to take uh people off some of the parts of the course because uh, we were running on volcanoes um and 
And, um, and it was like this sort of epic, very, very difficult adventure. And I, and I did it, you know, and this is part of my comeback, uh, to my new self, my new, I won't say new body. It's the same body, but, but it's definitely different. It feels different. Um, I'm more careful. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm really actually listening to my coach, Coach Mike now. Uh, hey, Coach Mike, do you think I should do a 50K? No. <laughs> and it's, you know, and he, he is wise. He is so wise and wonderful. And so like, I'm actually listening to him because he helped me through my recovery. You know, he's like, even if it, even if you do 10 minutes, even if you do 10 minutes, do something every day. And that's what I, that's the advice that I followed. And it very slowly, but very methodically got me back into shape where I was able to do this year, the Moab, um, three day after that, like a week after that I did, I ran for five or six days straight in Patagonia in both Argentina and Chile, right? Up, up and down lots of hilly trails. And I've been training and um, regularly. And then I just did this thing in the Azores. And so I am back. I am definitely back. I, my body feels, even though my hamstring is like really mad at me right now, um, the left one. But my body feels good. I'm not in like inflammatory pain all the time. Um, and actually, you know, um, this is definitely a plug for Inside Tracker because like doing like doing the supplements and really, really paying attention to how much I was sleeping and how much I was recovering and, and, you know, how much, you know, probiotics I was putting into my food and I, all of that was so, so incredibly helpful along with the coaching I got along with, you know, seeing a doctor and, and, and having her sort of expose that part of me that I was, you know, that I was, you know, I was dealing with severe anxiety, you know? And so like all of those things helped me to come back to a place or get to a place where I felt good about myself again. And so I urge everyone to, you know, look at yourself from, be, be an observer of yourself. You know, look at your, your mental health and wellness. What's going on there? Look at your physical health and wellness. What is going on there? You're in a, in a spiritual health and wellness is something that you look at. Look at that too, because it all makes you who you are. Like, and so, um, yeah. And I'm, I'm so right now, I'm like so happy. And I've been in a really good mood, even though that race was so hard. I was like, I'd go back and do it again because it showed me that I came back. I came back maybe not necessarily stronger, but with a very different idea of what movement means to me and how it enriches my life so much. And, 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 and being with really awesome people and sharing that space with them and being in a really cool place uh, and really being able to trust my body and my spirit again. So I, I encourage you all to, to look into yourselves in, a, in that way. So you're saying when things look pretty bad, 10 minutes a day, trying to use all the tricks in the book, just keep going, be persistent. And two years later, you may have a whole new perspective on what, maybe even a new perspective on what you would call success. Yeah. In the past, you would Absolutely. have called success something different in doing that race. Mm -hmm. And now you're just 
you're doing it for a fully different reason, it seems. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, um, we have to wrap it soon and I don't want to, but I wrote down all the things you are and there's more. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't know anyone else who does all of these things basically as a job. And I'm going to lay them out there right now. And I want you to listen to all of these <laughs> things that I perceive. And there's probably more you can fill in the gaps. And I want you to think about which of those things, you know, if any, feel like, you know, really, do you have more passion for any of these things than any other? Do any represent Mm. you better than anything else? Do you Mm. feel like you are really truly all these things? Um, And, you know, I guess maybe even like what advice do you have for people who feel like they have to be just one thing in order to be successful. Mm. So let me, let me read this. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Uh, retreat organizer, educator, speaker, singer, opera singer, runner, cyclist, skier. I'm going to put surfer in there. Uh, model, <laughs> supermodel, if you might even add. A brand <laughs> representative, sponsored athlete, writer, author, um, maybe they're the same thing. Landowner of a visionary mom and beautiful human being. <laughs> what did I miss? <laughs> oh man. Well, that's a very uh that's a pretty intense list. Yeah, there's a lot. And all of those things, I mean, maybe except for mom. They're all part of your career. Mm-hmm. That's that's a pretty diverse career. That'll keep you going. So it how is. do you stay sane being all these things? And does anything feel like it anchors this list? What anchors who you are? But, you know what? Gosh, that's we need another hour, Nicole. <laughs> Um, you have to eat i'm okay i do have to eat i've 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 been hungry since that race it's so funny i've been so hungry and it was only 15 miles 15 and a half miles but i've been no man my body remember remember in costa rica when we would surf for four hours a day and all we were all just starving all day long i all I crave that feeling. You get to have that feeling again. I'm sitting here in a boot with, you know, months before I may ever have that feeling again. That is, Mm. you know, so enjoy this feeling right now of being hungry. And we'll draw it out a little longer while you you talk about this. Yeah, I'm having spaghetti with meat sauce. Uh, That's what I'm having for dinner tonight. And um, yeah, uh, I think... Honestly, what I think it's that what I think is a thing that anchors all of this is the running because it was through running that I got through running and running and 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 being an educator, right? Those two things ring through every single thing that I do, right? Because it was because of running that, and because of my injuries that I became a, a cyclist and a skier, right? It was because of being an educator that I'm able to do DEI workshops, that I'm able to speak, at, you know, that I'm able to get up there on stage. And, you know, that also has to do with the fact that I am a singer, you know, like there's so everything is kind of intertwined. But I would say the running, the running has brought me so many things and it's brought me to so many places and not just 
physical geographical places, but it's brought me to a lot of places in life that I don't think I would ever have been had I not been a runner. So I can understand why when you feel you may be losing your ability to run or getting injured and not able to run, that that would be so much more like terrifying to possibly entertain the idea that maybe you couldn't do that anymore. I get it. Yeah, I do. But what's really cool is that you can also look back on it and say, yeah, I'm a runner. Maybe I'm not running right now, but right now I'm cycling, which is the offspring mm-hmm. of running, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And you're, you, because you are a flexible person, and this is maybe a really important thing for people to remember, we like to pigeonhole ourselves into an identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And we're the only ones holding on to that identity, really. Right. No one else gives a crap. And if we can't do those things anymore, something happens or, you know, maybe our heart says something else needs, it's time for something else. It's important to be able to also let go. Mm -hmm. And that's hard. It's hard to let go of a part of your identity. That's really hard. And so because it it means that you're a different person (laughs) or there's something, uh, something crucial to your sense of being and to your existence is not possible for you anymore. So absolutely, that's going to have an effect on you. But also having other things that uh, are also part of your identity and acknowledging them as such is a good practice. Yes. Because maybe when the time comes for you to lose running or whatever it is that you do, you have this other thing to hold on to. You know, and that might be why I'm struggling right now because my whole life was wrapped around skirt sports. And even though Mm -hmm. I know I'm a person who has more diversity to myself, it's still hard sometimes to see beyond what you just did, your last big Mm -hmm. thing, your last result, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And if, if you didn't win the big one, whatever that means to you, you don't always feel like a big success in life moving into the next phase, right? But what if you win a bunch of little ones? You oh. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, then you have that beautiful thing that. called momentum. And momentum yeah. is the most wonderful feeling in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm sitting here looking at my little list and I go, God, is that sustainable? And I know we've talked about this before. <laughs> really hard, but your lifestyle sustainable. You are not going to be able to keep keeping up this crazy pace forever. And I don't do I it know- all at the same time, though. Like, I've discovered that I can't do that because it is not sustainable. And that's when, you know, when I'm that busy and I get really frustrated, I get really tired, I get really, and I've been, stay, spend, you know, any time that I spend at home, I'm spending, I just putz around. And, you know, I do the things, I putz around, I, I walk around in silence. I really try to take care of myself. I, I take a, I take a nap. A nap. I love naps. You know how hard it is. I mean, you take a nap to think that you know. Well, there's something I could be doing. There's some email that I could be writing or responding to. There's something I could be doing. My accounting. I can, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, like as I've gotten older, like I, I know that all of those to do all those things at the same time. I, I can't. And, um, and you know, again, I wanna, I wanna thank my coach. For not just being my running coach, but for kind of being a life coach. Well, not kind of, but he is absolutely a life coach. I remember the first time I went out to Idaho to work with him one-on-one. And at the end of our time, 
And I was like really scared. I was like, it's going to kill me, <laughs> make me run up and down mountains, which he did. And, <laughs> and but at the end, you know, when I, the, the night before I left, he, we, we had dinner and then the rest of the family went away. They went to the family room and we stayed at the table and he, you know, served me some ice cream with huckleberry sauce. And I had a, a, I have a very distinct memory of our discussions. He's like, so, you know, you can't do everything. But you can't do everything all the time. And those are the exact words that came out of his mouth. And I, and I, I knew it was coming. I knew that conversation was coming, you know, because he's a very keen observer. And, and, and it just has this way about him. Like he observes and you know that he's watching you. And he knows that he's formulating, not, 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 an, not just an opinion, but a very informed opinion and perspective of, of your life. And, and so like, I always have his voice in my head, but like, you, you can't do whatever, you can't do everything. And it's not like, oh, he doesn't believe me. He doesn't do, you know, but uh, you just read that list. There were a lot of things on that list. It is impossible for any one human being to do all of that all at once. You know, like Oprah used to say, you, you can have everything, but not all at once. Or not, not all at the same time. You know, I'm not a huge Oprah fan, but that's true. You can have everything and you can be everything, but you can't do it all at the same time. And you and can't so do I, it all great yeah, at the same exactly. time. Exactly. And so sometimes, you know, and my other friend, Duck Baker, you know, that you know, I was worried about, it was my, my friend, Duck Baker, my, my voice teacher. Right? So I do have this group of people that, um, that orbit around me that are sort of, I call them my board of directors, right? And so... Or I'm, you know, I think about what they've said to me, or you know, I have actual conversations with them, um, and you know, sometimes I'm like I'm beating myself up because I, even though I don't look like a perfectionist, I'm a perfectionist, and that's part of the whole anxiety thing. And you know, like I'll go and do a speech, and like you know, oh, like, you know, you know, they didn't laugh at that one joke, and I'm thinking about it all day. You know, what did I do wrong? They didn't like me. I'm not. I'm never going to work again. No one's ever going to hire me again. <laughs> and you know they probably think i'm dumb because i tripped over that one word you know that, that all of these things uh you know that happen um would i and my and my friends are like well you cannot do everything perfectly all the time life does not work that way and you what what to you is you know a 60 percent might be 100 percent for someone you know for the people out in your audience and sometimes maybe it's a flap Again, worst case scenario, best case scenario, sometimes it just happens, right? And, and I have to be okay with that. And I have to accept that. So, so yeah, so like I, I can't do it all. Um, would I like to be able to do it all? No. Uh, at the same time, no, not anymore, right? Because I, I realize how detrimental that is to my health. And so, but I, but I like everything that I do. I love, I love leading retreats. I loved singing. I'm going to be doing that more, by the way. That's another podcast. I love, I love being a skier, but like when I ski a track, there's no sides. I mean, I can't run as much. You know, so that is also going to play into my big goal that I have next year. I'm not going to be able to ski as much. I have to accept that. And it's okay. I'm not going to be able to ski more than two days a week. Yeah. Uh huh. I will tell you offline. <laughs> What's happening? Okay. But okay. it's really exciting. It's really exciting. 
Wait, you can't tell. You can't make it public yet. I can't make it public. Uh, Maybe we'll have to have another. Okay. Actually, let's schedule another discussion. Um, But um, yeah. And yeah, so that's going to have this big goal is going to have, you know, ramification uh, and on on everything that I do. So um, it's also part of the reason why I'm not traveling a whole lot this summer. And I just stay home and train. And, <clears throat> which, you know, and that's okay because I love running. And it is the reason why I get to do all of the cool things that I do. So, you know, I'll get to ski. I'll get to ride my bike. You know, I'll, I'll have to ride my bike as, as cross training, you know, you know, I'll get to, I'll get to do some traveling, but I won't be able to do a whole lot. And that's okay. Even if that's a part of my, who I am, it's part of what I do, but I'm gonna have to take a break, you know, again, can't do everything all at once all the time. So, yeah. Okay. So I have two more questions. I sometimes I think about this one and it's not really fair, but I think it makes you really get down and dirty with yourself. If money didn't exist, <laughs> like if it wasn't a factor in your dis- decision making, what would you be doing? Oh, man. Ooh, he didn't prepare me for this one. I know. What would I be doing right now? I'd be building my lodge. I'd Tell be, me about the lodge. Which is on hold. I would be building my lodge on a larger property. My property right now is 23, uh, just under 24 acres. Um, I'd be building the lodge, the medium-sized lodge of my dreams to bring people who are in marginalized communities out into nature to have a really good time to rest, repose, to recharge. Um, and that's, yeah, that's what I'd be doing. And, and, and I, and there would be a spa, <laughs> a hydrotherapy spa on the premises. There'd be a multi-lane Olympic sized pool, um, both outside and indoors, so two pools, right? There'd be some hot springs there. I mean, like, that's what that's what I'd be doing. That's I want to create that experience for people in marginalized communities that otherwise don't have access to something like that. in this beautiful state we call Vermont, um, which is unceded territory of the Abenaki peoples. Um, Wait, and maybe an ice cream truck or a different kind of food Uh, truck. No, no, we're doing tacos, dude. Tacos. Um, <laughs> not perfect. That's um, what I'd be doing if money were no object. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I have not been doing as many podcasts lately, but they've been really well listened. And this one will be in crazy well listened. Before I ask the final question that I've asked you like seven times already, because you've been <laughs> on the show a bunch, and I barely remember what it is. Um can you give us any kind of super cool behind the scenes info that nobody else knows right now? Oh, what? Uh, um, oh, uh, no. <laughs> then I would be violating all the NDAs I've signed. <laughs> it could be. I mean, we already know what you're having for dinner, so that that we already broke that news. Uh, when are you going to come back out and see me? How about that? Wait, when am I going to come see you, dude? I'm going to be in Steamboat for the 
The gravel. The steamboat gravel ride. Okay, yeah. done. Yeah, that's easy. You're not allowed to book anything. I've got you the whole time. All right, cool. I'll be part of your SAG crew too. I love it. All right. Well, since you won't spill any beans, but I get it, you know, money is a factor. So you kind of have to out these. It is a factor. And I don't want to violate any contracts. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else you want to say before you get to say your final words of wisdom? Uh, Nicole, I love you and I miss you. Love you and I miss you too. This is the best. Yeah. Everyone listening is like, can you just get on with it? Stop staring at each other. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, okay. Ready? Yeah. If you can leave our listeners with one final piece of advice, one little nugget to help them run their worlds in a bigger and better way, what would it be? When shit is hitting the fan. Take a step outside yourself. Be an observer. Be a calm, attentive observer to your own life. And then you'll figure it out. It might not all be happy. It might not all be like amazing. It will probably be really, really, really hard. But if you get into the practice of observing yourself and figuring things out that way, it makes life much easier. It's going to be really fun to put all of your nuggets, string them together. We're going to have a working history of the Mernivator. Um, Love you. Talk to you again soon. Can't wait to hear about the next thing and can't wait to see you in a couple months. Bye.